Hello and welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-hosts. This is her power. This is her crown. She's the queen of secrets, Whitney Nelson. That's right. And don't you forget it. (laughs) And he knows when he's on the wrong side of the yellow tape. Eric Hall. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am excited to get into this with y'all. But We have just a little bit of this housekeeping up top, and then I want to dive right in to Street Kings. Uh, as always, up top mention, uh, you find the website at coolbreezepod.com. Email us, coolbreezepod at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod, as so many people have done. I put up a little poll in regards to one of our uh, segments here about the show, some ideas that I have, and uh, a lot of positive responses. People just wrote, they just skipped Twitter and went right to email and said, like, I'm in, <laughs> which is fun. Uh, if you like what we do, you want to support it directly, you could join our Patreon for absolutely no uh, incentive whatsoever. You don't want to throw any bucks our way. A review on iTunes is like the best and freest and, and potentially even easiest way to show your appreciation. So please... Throw a review our way. As we always do, or sometimes do, as we infrequently do, we want to discuss (laughs) the film landscape surrounding Keanu films as we move into new years. Uh, And this year is no exception. 2008 is the year Street Kings was released. Here are some of the most popular films of 2008, according to IMDb. We have The Dark Knight, Twilight, Somehow have Quantum of Solace on here. Tropic Thunder, Eagle Eye, Iron Man, Mamma Mia, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, In Bruges, Step Brothers, Taken, and Slumdog Millionaire, which was the best picture winner of 2008. Which is crazy. What a year. Yeah, this is, this is very interesting to me because normally it's like when we have a really solid year, they're all heavy hitters and it's hard to pick between them. Yeah. This is like a lot of big movies, but also a lot of garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Could you give me an example of, of garbage in your eyes? Um, almost every movie on this list. (laughs) Twilight is garbage. Yes. How Uh, can you not like in Bruges? Uh, well, that's that's my desert island. Were you skipping ahead now, <laughs> oh, Eric? No. The, oh, the one movie that you watch over and over again on the desert island is in Bruges. All right, all right. Certainly not the curious case of Benjamin Button. <laughs> David no. Fincher, no. <laughs> Eric, what are you taking to the desert island with you? Oh God. Um... <laughs> Last time we had a James Bond film up, you chose the James Bond film. I'm going to go ahead yeah. and assume that that will not hold this year. It is not going to be Quantum of Silence. <laughs> Good. Um, I mean, The Dark Knight is up there. I think that's sort of rewatchable, but I'm probably taking a comedy with me this time. Um, I really like Tropic Thunder. Uh, problematic, but intentionally sure. so right uh and i i think i'm picking up what it's putting down i enjoy that there you go You're going with the tom cruise film i understand <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh i'm probably also going to go with Imbruch. just uh despite it being a, a touch melancholy uh i 
loved the shit out of that film. Like something fierce. Uh, always recommending that. So in Bruges would be the one I take with me. So let's cut, uh, let's cut to the chase here. Eric, what are we uh, here to discuss today? Tell us about it. Today we are talking about the film Street Kings. Never heard of it. Don't worry, no one else has either. <laughs> the plot synopsis from IMDb is as follows. An undercover cop, disillusioned by the death of his wife, is implicated in the murder of an officer and must struggle to clear himself. Oh my. It was directed by David Ayer, whose other films include Sabotage, Fury, Suicide Squad, and most recently the Netflix and most recently the Netflix film Bright. I forgot to add in uh, Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, of that list of movies I just read, Suicide <laughs> Squad is the best one. Uh-huh. I, I honestly believe somewhere in that movie, there's a good movie. Somewhere. Um, yeah. Uh, co-starring alongside Keanu is Forrest Whitaker, Hugh Laurie, Chris Evans, Cedric and Cedric the Entertainer, Jay Moore, Terry Crews, Naomi Harris, and Common. Wow. It's quite a cast. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a ragtag bunch right there. Yeah. How could it go wrong? <laughs> uh-huh. I think we'll get into that. <laughs> Especially when we throw to Whitney for how are the critics and audiences digging this movie? Um, well, on Rotten Tomatoes, we have a cumulative critic score of 36%. Boom. And an audience score of 58 So overall, not outstandingly positive. Mm. Um, there's a critic quote from Tom Charity of CNN who says Keanu Reeves bad boy cop Tom Ludlow may not play by the rules but the film sure does. That was charitable. <laughs> oh no! Come on, see what and I did there? Come on. There's a user quote uh, on Rotten Tomatoes from user Jamie C who gave it three and a half out of five stars and says an average cop drama film that had the formula to be great but it gets lost in the story and with all the twists and turns that keep happening it was hard to keep up with who was good and bad and that really killed the film for me boom uh, i all right so we we don't have to we just skip right over our <laughs> jamie pretty much uh i'm sorry let's get into it did this did this movie work for you anybody no <laughs> no okay is that all? <sighs> yep. <laughs> all right. So here's the thing. Okay. Uh, I told some friends that, you know, I was going to join in on this Keanu Reeves podcast and everybody gets real excited. Of course. Everyone loves Keanu Reeves and they're like, oh, that's so much fun. And they start naming, you know, all of the big movies, Matrix and Bill and Ted, and you know, these his filmography has mm. an entire section of movies that just don't exist, <laughs> and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. I think we're actually in a in a period of of the of those films that you're mentioning <laughs> yeah. right now, <laughs> and I, it it really, I mean, you were joking about that um, that Jamie C review where it was kind of describing it as 
too many twists and turns, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I, I generally have to agree. Um, I mean, this movie, it's real generic. Um, you could swap out any other quote unquote action star and you'd get the same result. Um, this movie's so generic. The poster was in black and white. Like it was just, <laughs> it just said cop movie on it. Um, if we want to talk about, you know, plot pacing, character development, it, it, the pacing is too, too fast and too slow somehow. Yep. <laughs> nothing ever really seems to happen, but I'm never entirely clear what's going on or what's leading from one thing to the next thing. Um. I'm also never entirely clear how I'm supposed to feel about the characters. Keanu's sort of, I mean, he's definitely the lead. Um, and that, that plot description that I read about him being a disillusioned undercover cop. Um, I don't really get that from the get go. Um, I don't want to get into like plot points, but the movie starts with him you know, setting up some bad guys. So he saves the day, but he does it in an immoral way. Mm. And I, I never understand from the script or from really even where the rest of the film goes, if I'm supposed to believe Keanu feels badly about that. Mm -hmm. There, there are little like nods occasionally. Um, but then later in the plot, he goes to presumably beat up his ex-partner Terry Crews because Terry Crews has like gone completely legit and is talking to internal affairs. And you're like, okay, so Keanu's the bad guy here. And it keeps switching back and forth like that. I never mm -hmm. really feel like it gets its footing. In the end of the movie, there there's a resolution to his character arc, but it's completely unearned nothing you've seen in the film makes you believe that he's spoilers if you've seen any cop movie like this suddenly like a moral cop on the side of the angels um <laughs> but you know I, I don't think it it really pulls itself together at any point and i'm really i did again some light research just because i was curious how this movie got made and vanished and apparently this was originally a James Elroy story. And if you're familiar with Elroy at all, his stuff is very twisty turny. It's something like LA confidential where, you know, people are sort of doubling back and triple crossing each other, Yeah, but it's all, it's all clear and it all appears to be motivated. Um, and I just didn't get any of that from this movie. Um, you know, it's it's not particularly original. I feel like I knew who all the bad guys were from the beginning. Um, there's, I, I think there's supposed to be a twist in the third act. It was not a twist for anyone who's <laughs> seen a cop movie. Yeah. Um, and as far as like the the technical aspects, it's adequate. You know, it's not. You know. Everything's in focus. Um, <laughs> it's a low bar. <laughs> you know? Um, 
I, I don't recall any particular shots or anything that was done um, that would have called the film out to me, uh, but uh, it was also, you know, serviceable. Um, and then, I, I mean, I think Keanu's okay in this. This definitely, you know, sometimes when you talk about films, you talk about a, a paycheck movie. Hmm. Um, you know, Keanu got to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like this might have just been a Keanu gotta eat movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's fine. He does a, a decent job. Um, Whitney's kind of interest in his internal uh, work, I think, is in display in some cases. But I don't think the script really tells. I don't think him. there was enough internal there for him to work. Yeah, yeah. I don't or think there was enough movie. in the script for him to know how his character was even feeling or indeed what his character's motivations were at any right. point in the story. That's that's one of the things that I have down in my notes is that like this should be kind of in Keanu's wheelhouse because of all of the internal like dialogue that you can see happening but in this one there is no internal dialogue you see happening so he just kind of seems wooden and stiff especially when you compare it to all of the people who are so casual and natural on screen that are in this film Hmm. um because they just didn't give him anything to have a backstory or an internal monologue for um there is no like what's bubbling under the surface of this character you see everything that's happening with the character so Hmm. Um, I totally agree. I m- all of my notes are very, very similar. I think that the first fifteen minutes work well as a movie, like as a start of a movie. But then I feel like they're trying to write the rest of the story. It's like someone with memento disease <laughs> tried to put this story together. <laughs> The first 15 minutes of the movie, he's like super racist. Right. But about a third of the way into the film that the racist angle is completely abandoned and never brought up again. We don't find out about his wife being murdered and potentially raped until, I don't know, a third of the way into the movie. And then it doesn't come up again until like the last part of the movie. But like if it, that's his motivation for drinking and, and being, you know, kind of a dirty cop and and being disillusioned. Every every review, every synopsis that you see talks about his dead wife being the reason that he's like like this. But we don't hear about it for the first good third of the movie. Um, I feel like every time that we're learning new information or that we're seeing things play out, it's from a slightly different perspective or a slightly different. Like you were saying. Who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? It seems to shift, but it's still the focus is always on Keanu. So it makes it a little bit disconcerting to watch because you're like, I don't know who I'm rooting for here. And if I'm rooting for no one, that's fine. But then, like, make it clear that you're not rooting for anybody. Hmm. Um, I just feel like so many things were picked up and then dropped or not spoken of at all and then picked up out of nowhere. Um the whole like his partner being like busted down to beat cop somewhere along the line. Like that's a a storyline because they were partners and now he's a beat cop wearing like the full uniform and everything. They don't talk 
really at all about what happened there. It's mentioned, but it's like they they want you to feel like there's this whole rich life and story. And but they don't like give any of it to you in a timely manner. Um I feel it's like watching like a time travel movie, only there's no time travel, it all happens linearly. <laughs> the drinking thing to me, I was I was like, is this uh, to your point is this going somewhere right is this a thing why are yeah. we why are we making such a big deal about the drinking and keanu i, I don't know what the direction was does not play drunk Mm-mm. does not does not play an alcoholic no at one point somebody's like you're on the edge and i'm like is he I don't... <laughs> he's functioning he's, just fine he's just yeah, he's just drinking little bottles of vodka and then solving crimes i don't <laughs> Unconventionally, you know, but still some, solving There's some it. fun police yeah. type stuff. The gun plays fine and the chasing people and whatever. Like there's again, it looks fine. Nothing jumped out of the screen and wowed me as far as like technical artistry, but also, you know, as far as like an action movie goes, just from the looks of it, how it's edited and and um you know how it looks and all of that is totally fine um some of the fight choreography was good some of it was i don't even remember um i think overall it's just there's not enough backbone to this story to keep everything straight for the viewer and it just really falls down because of that like i am all for action movies that are just action movies because they're entertaining and fun. That's kind of my whole steez. And this didn't do anything for me at all. Yeah. It's like they were trying to shoehorn an action movie into sort of a, not a who dumb and done it, but like a procedural. Um, and again, I go back to, to James Elroy where they're trying to sort out the conspiracy instead of every five minutes we have to have a car chase or a foot chase or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they found the balance there. I mean, there's, there's some great action in LA confidential, but that I wouldn't call that movie an action movie. No, not at all. And I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure that they, it almost feels like there were studio notes on this. Like, you know, it's Keanu Reeves. We have to make it a, a shooting movie. I, I don't know. <laughs> right. He's the shooting guy. Come on. Right. Yeah. Um, I agree with both of you on this one. This is like textbook capital F fine for me. Maybe uh, aggressively mediocre. You know, like that's the best I could say about this movie. Um, I realize that I kind of have a soft spot for movies that involve like internal affairs in any, in any way. Like anytime they're like, Oh, it's cops burning cops. I'm like, Oh shit, it's going to get real. And this movie just, it fell flat for that. Again, like too many twists. It's too twisty, too turny. I was like, never quite sure what side people were on until it was just kind of laid out in front of me. I'm thinking about like, Everything that kind of dealt with these corrupt, like everything that uh, came out prior to this that dealt with like corrupt, corrupt police, like the movie Internal Affairs, uh, mm-hmm. The Negotiator, 
Copland, Training well, Day, Departed. Yeah, you've, like, you've got David Ayer here, and he wrote Training Day. Right. So it's like, what happened? He's, <laughs> what happened? He's chasing that high. I guess. I mean, he must have. It. It, it was. It was funny in like putting this together. I remember just as like a little tangent when Suicide Squad was announced and he was like the director, people were losing their minds. And I'm like, I don't think I've, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen any of his other film other than Suicide Squad. I had not seen this uh, as, far, as far as what he directed. And I'm like, I don't know what, I don't know what the big deal is. And I kind of still don't. I'm like, this was like, this was okay. It was more violent than I expected it to be. Just like weirdly, so like the machine guns mm -hmm. on Terry Crews. I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that dude would have been dead. Um, I didn't particularly care for like the fight, uh, like the the editing of the fighting. It's that it's it. Uh, a movie also released this year has the same problem. Taken where it's like 15 cuts to throw a punch. Like you know, like they cut around. There are no long takes at all in this movie. It's very. Uh, erratic in its editing. Well, this is a pre-John Wick world. And that leads me to my next point. Thank you for that. <laughs> this is just one role that folds into him eventually becoming John Wick. I feel it, right? We mm -hmm. got this. We got the theme of the dead wife. We have a confrontation with Common. I'm like, this is awesome. It's like, you look at this movie, you're like, what's the best part? You're like, well, it's got to be that ending scene where they're facing off at that in that apartment with those two marshals or whatever and i'm like that was cool that was tense mm -hmm. what was the best part i was like i'm gonna say it was common and uh keanu there uh, let's mm -hmm. just take that part and chopper lift it you know 10 years later it'll be great mm -hmm. uh i thought keanu was like just he was like okay in this when people say like he's very uh like just f like flat like <laughs> I, 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 this is the, the, this is the movie that is the example of him being just kind of like blank, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I wasn't getting a lot from him. I thought other actors in this movie were quite good. Hugh Laurie, quite good. Forrest Whitaker, always, you know, very dependable as, as an actor, regardless of his role. Even, no, I don't want to say that. I mean, um, those guys well, were... well, but Chris Evans was so good too. He was. I liked it when he was in the car, and he's like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Oh, I think we've all been in a car with a person it's who might drive a like that." Shiny little nugget in this movie, <laughs> Captain. That's America's. That's future America's ass right there. Tiny little baby Chris Evans nugget. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's really all I have. I mean, there are so many other movies that uh, deal with this. So you want to see like. Corrupt cops go wild. I would, I could easily like any of the whatever five or Literally six that any I mentioned. Other movie that comes up when you Google corrupt cop movie. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, there's just that top row where it's like here they are, and I'm I'm um, I would guarantee that Street Kings is listed in there. Just skip that one. Like I I, mm -hmm. I don't yeah, it's the other ones are probably better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you mentioned the IA thing and like Hugh Laurie that. That whole plot doesn't really seem to go anywhere. I know he shows up at the end and kind of pretends he was the puppet master. I, it's but so like, bad. It's so bad. I'm like, what? You cast Hugh Laurie and he's got like two scenes. And I mean, luckily one of them is with Forrest Whitaker because both of them are in an entirely different movie. Yeah. <laughs> and are just like chewing the scenery. Yes. Um. 
So, and I think, honestly, I think I could have done with more of that. I love Chris Evans too. His little baby nugget America's ass. (laughs) Uh, But America's little baby nugget ass. (laughs) I thought... (laughs) Now that's Hence, gonna be stuck in henceforth head. he shall be known <laughs> <laughs> but like those scenes are totally they're played totally differently it's mm-hmm. it, it's like you know the, the second unit took over for the talking scenes beyond between keanu and chris evans um so i don't know and the, the rest of the cast sounds exciting but like have you ever gotten excited that Jay Moore was in a movie? I have never been excited about Jay Moore. I have been excited about John Corbett, and I did not know that he was in this, but I'm a big fan of Northern Exposure to the point where I was immediately like, oh, shit, John Corbett's in this? All right. All right. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. He's fine. That whole crew was just very confusing, and I, I liked... Uh, there's another gentleman in that crew, and unfortunately, I can't remember his name. Uh, he's a Puerto Rican actor um, who. Elmarie does... Nolasco? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I. He's been in literally every TV show that's ever been made. Yeah. And he's... <laughs> but also, he's Orange Julius in Too Fast, Too Furious. Which exactly. Is... All right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, like, I don't know. Even the smallest characters are like actors you know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I guess that, yeah, true. Also, e- even uh, Naomi Harris also in it for, I don't know, three or four minutes. And then, you know, she's going on to have quite a quite a career for herself. So, yeah, it's just a shame they couldn't take this pool of clearly talented people and make something of this other than just like a bland kind of meh of a film that's like (laughs) what that's it that's like how i felt at the end i was you know (laughs) when Hugh laurie walks up and he's like we needed you or whatever he says you're like oh oh okay did we also need like 14 cops to die (laughs) like jesus christ what a if if you masterminded this you're probably gonna go to prison that's all i'm saying Mm -hmm. i have a like a generic keanu question because I feel like as you've done this podcast, you kind of you've developed a personal relationship with Cool Breeze. Of course. And um, he does something that I can't recall him ever doing in a other movie, and that's be very, very racist. Was anyone else turned off completely as soon as he started doing that? Like outside of I, I, I get character. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. I just mean Keanu saying racist shit just feels wrong. Yeah, it does. It he, felt very wrong. He leaned into it too, and I was yeah. like, "Whoa, <laughs> right. holy shit!" Like, you could shoot everyone in the head in the in the in the world, and I'm like, "All right, they probably deserved it." But when he started that stuff, I was like, "Ew, cringe yeah, to eleven. Like, this isn't okay." And then to Whitney's point, it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, I, nothing like follows through to the very end. I don't feel like one thing that's set up follows through the whole movie. It comes in and out sometimes, like it maybe goes away and then comes back again later. But like nothing is a consistent thread throughout the whole movie. And I think that's just why it, it failed when it you have a big name cast and 
you know, a decent budget and everything should line up for it to at least be, you know, entertaining. And then it just wasn't. Yeah. That's probably why you've never heard of this film before. <laughs> You're like, yeah. all of this talent, how could it go unnoticed? It's not like, you know, there is this hidden gem. I guess it could have been that, but I don't know. With this cast, usually those movies take off or they're terrible. In this case, mm -hmm. seems to be the latter. Yep. All right. Uh... Do we have any other thoughts about Street Kings, the the David Ayer film, before we... No, but since we've talked about Suicide Squad now twice, I just want to put a PSA out there. <laughs> Go for it. I know what you're going to say. Go for it! Uh, Birds of Prey <laughs> is one of the best movies I've ever seen. It is exactly like all of the movies that I really like. For example, the John Wicks. And now the fight choreographer of John Wick is the fight choreographer for Birds of Prey. Nice. But it's like all of those excessively violent, fast-paced, but just gripping and fun action-type movies. This is, is exactly one of those, but it's all hot girls, and it's amazing. The girl power in it is amazing. The lack of male gaze in it is amazing. I just have to put it out there because I know a lot of people were turned off by Suicide Squad, but it's it's literally one of the best movies I've seen in theaters in memory. So go see Birds of Prey. I'm going to buy a ticket for this weekend. And then, and, yeah. yeah. And if you yeah. need some Harley Quinn to tide you over, the DC app cartoon is actually pretty funny. It's so, so good. I cannot I believe how good it is. I think it leans too far into it being on an, like it's too sweary. Um, and some of the things are a little, it's just a little too much for me as a little like, you know, kid away from his parents for the first time aspect of it. <laughs> but there's some really funny stuff in it. And like, the Ivy Harley relationship is so, good. so fascinating. It's played <laughs> so well. Uh, and I believe they recently just got picked up for a second season. So if you can find it, I don't know why else you would buy the DC app, but <laughs> if you can find it, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Very true. I'm making my way through it. I'm about six episodes in now. I'm like, this is delightful. And I like how the superheroes that are in it, in the DC world, they kind of play them almost like the boys played uh, the Amazon Prime show. The, like, they're all kind of like, eh, they're like all a little douchey. I was like, I like this a lot. I really like this a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's got a great cast. Uh, I just finished the episode where they go to like the Penguin Sons bar mitzvah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's the they, level they, that you're looking. That's what they do. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. not what you think it is. It's quite they play fun. all the villains like it's a job, and the other villains are their coworkers. It's just yeah. <laughs> anyway, none of that has anything to do with. None of that has anything to do with anything. At least Birds of Prey has John Wick choreo choreography for all the fights. But regardless. There's a lot of great Harley Quinn stuff out there to consume. Go consume it. We need people to make more movies like Birds of Prey. Do it. Please give them your dollars. Even if you don't go to the theater and see it, just buy a ticket. Right. Support spiritually. Come on. Yeah. All right. It's like if Scott Pilgrim and John Wick had a baby. I mean, that sounds like 
the That's exact what Birds of Prey movie is. I want to see in my life. Yes. So, all right. I'm sold. Maybe I'll go tomorrow. I'm not doing anything. You've got to. Everyone has to. <laughs> All right. I was so full of adrenaline when I left the theater. I could not sleep that night. That's a good review. That I mean, yeah. what more do you need? I mean, certainly it's not like Shakespeare or anything, but it is so fun. It's got so fun. Yeah, and it, it is it the best DC movie? Probably, right? I think so. Yeah, probably. It was Wonder Woman for me up until this came out and i think just like wonder woman is still great but i feel like this is just more my speed with the like i like sin city and i like john wick and i like those sorts of hard-boiled non-stop action keep you on the edge of your seat type stuff and this is that but also silly and cartoony at the same time so love it that's harley quinn and uh, or Birds of Prey and the fantabulous <laughs> emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Well, I think. that's not what they're calling it anymore because yeah. people Nobody are too knew it was dumb. a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, damn it! They All had right. to repackage it. <laughs> that's the uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Live Die Repeat problem that they had. I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. <laughs> you can tell how much we love Street Kings. So in terms yeah, of Street like, Kings, can we talk about anything other than Street see Kings? Harley <laughs> We're grasping at tangents now, just for a little reprieve. Speaking of tangents, let's go on the greatest one, shall we? The greatest tangent. The greatest tangent. That might be a good tagline for for what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. Take us away. Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose! I don't lose! I win! She's got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. Oh my goodness. Pop Quiz Asshole is our very own Quizzo show where the host asks each of us three questions. If one of us gets it wrong, the other has a chance to steal. And if they get it wrong, the other person has a chance to steal, assuming they remember the remaining answer. There are rules that's deep. It's deeper than before. It is deeper than before, and <laughs> it's, it's harder for Whitney, who does not absorb information very well. It's scary. It's it's having to I, know the extra answer that did not get picked yet. I'm is already not an easy feat. My palms are already sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> the points are not cumulative, and only determines who wins the episode. Makes it fair for everybody because Whitney routinely just kind of I she, I think she found like a a loophole or some sort of exploit, she, she, a glitch in the matrix, whatever we want to call it. Mm-hmm. Whitney exploited it too much, and no, I'm just I'm I'm plugged directly into the Matrix. That's it. So the information it is, is at it's a, it's always tip of mind. So yeah. with the rules and all that out of the way, I'd now like to turn it over to the keeper of Keanu knowledge, the master of minutia, and the teacher of all things trivia, Charles Nolan. That's me. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hey, Charles. Hi, Charles. How are you? Hello, Charles. I am wonderful, and I understand that today you all are talking about the Sinisaster Street Kings. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. That is true. I am so sorry. <laughs> have you seen it, Charles? Fortunately, I have. It is my job to know every Keanu Reeves movie. Well, that's why we that's why we have you here. So why I'm here. All right. 
who who's going first? Eric will be going first. All right, I'll I'll cue up the music. Eric, what is the first line spoken in this movie? <laughs> is it "Yo, dog," "Konichiwa," or "Keep the change"? Oh shit! Oh man! Oh shit! I believe it's Konichiwa. That is incorrect. Steele. Andrew Steele. Andrew. Is it keep the change? Is not. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I guess Whitney Steele. Yo dog? Whitney. It is yo dog. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Off to uh, the regular start. That's a bummer because I only watched the first 15 minutes of this movie. <laughs> How long into the movie is it before we hear the first word spoken? Oh my god. <laughs> Two minutes and 34 seconds. Four minutes and 11 seconds. Or five minutes and four seconds. I think it's four minutes and 11 seconds. That is correct. Nicely done. Oh my yeah. goodness. It was a long time. That's a long time in film. Right. We're just kind of getting a glimpse of this guy's not so Especially great life. This film. <laughs> right. True. <sighs> All right. When Ludlow goes to the house to free the twins at the beginning of the movie, how many shots does he fire during his assaults? Oh my god. Is it 7, 14, or 21? Oh god. I'm gonna go with 14. 14 is correct. Yes! Finally! <laughs> Perfect. It was a lot of shots. But they all go up to the top of the order. Eric <laughs> is the only one to appear in both Street Kings and Street Kings 2 Motor City, though he played a different character. <laughs> There's a sequel? Is it A, Terry Crews, B, John Corbett, or C, Clifton Powell? Say C. Clifton Powell. That is correct. Nailed it. Who was that? I don't know. In this, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> he made such an impression. Memorable actor. Very memorable role that I have also forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> when the keeper of all the knowledge forgets, you know that it's not important. Yeah, <clears throat> just disregard. Yikes. Wander and Ludlow share a beer when Ludlow asks permission to take out the guys who took down Washington. What beer do they drink? Oh. Is it Miller High Life, Corona, or Budweiser Select? Oh man, I <laughs> can't remember. 
the bottles at all in my mind's eye. Uh, I'm going to say Budweiser Select. That is correct. Nicely done. I knew yeah, it was I a Corona. I feel like Corona really would have stuck out, and definitely I would have seen a high life. <laughs> the, things, the things we notice, right? Yeah. Andrew. I'm ready. Character of Grace Garcia wasn't originally going to be a nurse. What occupation was she originally written as having? <sighs> a policewoman or a coroner? What was the first one? I think it might have cut out there. I heard policewoman and coroner. A reporter, a policewoman, or a coroner? Did you hear it that time? <laughs> I heard it that time. Thank you. Damn. <laughs> I feel attacked. Uh, Don't sass Charles Nolan. I'm sorry. I didn't, it was the technology. It wasn't. There was no sass. I was just ensuring that you had heard. I'm going to go with um, uh, reporter. That is correct. Yes. That would have been my guess too, and I was thinking about it because it would have made that scene where she's crying make much more sense than I, her seeing it on the news. Uh, oh yeah, all right. Add a little more context. I was thinking about what of uh, yeah. I was thinking more like tension wise. It's always interesting for a cop and a reporter. We've seen that in movies and television shows. You're like, oh, this, this could be cool. Yeah, Think that's interesting, but I think that it would, because I was so confused about the whole she is crying and like gives him a piece of her mind because she he she knew he was in trouble before he even showed up, and there's no way that they would say that on the news, let alone say it twice in like thirty seconds because she'd already heard it before he walked in the door. <laughs> right? Why'd you turn and the I television was just so back like, off? <laughs> what's happening now? But it makes sense if she was a reporter originally that she would have heard it first. Yeah. See. Studio notes. I'm I'm guessing. All right. Now, if it was a studio note, she would have been a hooker with a heart of gold. <laughs> In this film, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Back up to the top of the round, Eric. David Ayer was hired to direct this movie. He and co-writer Jamie Moss traveled to the country where Keanu was filming another movie. To uh, which country did they travel? Uh, Switzerland or Denmark? Canada? That is incorrect. <sighs> Deal. Andrew. Switzerland. That is correct. Yes. I don't know what he was filming, but that was just a. What was. I don't even know what the movie would have been, actually. It was the day the earth stood still. Oh! Spoilers for next week. Kidney. Discant is chasing quicks through the streets of South Central. They run through a house of folks watching television. Which celebrity dating show were they watching? <laughs> oh my gosh. Charles! This flavor of love. Rock of love. 
or I love New York. Oh my God. <laughs> Half the people in those are the same, even if I recognize someone from the screen, like. That is an accurate statement. <laughs> However, it was a very memorable <laughs> moment. Um, okay, show. so this one's gonna be a shot in the dark. I'm gonna say Rock of Love. That is incorrect. Steal, steal, steal. Steal. Eric. How many times did I say steal? Uh, or I think it's Flavor of Love. I think it's the episode where New York gets spit on. Not just the episode, the exact moment that it happened. <laughs> Nicely done! Holy shit! I'm a big Public Enemy fan, y'all. All right, <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> Andrew. All right. For the final regulation question. I'm in. Here we go. The original script. One of Ludlow's coworkers was revealed to be the person his wife was having an affair with. Oh. Was it? Was it Washington, Wander, or Clady? Can you say that again? You cut out. That is unfortunate. I will repeat myself. <laughs> In the original script, one of Ludlow's co-workers was revealed to have been having an affair with his wife. Which co-worker was it? Was it Washington, Wander, or Clady? Okay. I'm going to rule out Washington, maybe stupidly, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know who Clady is. I'm going to go with Wander. He's the only character I remember. Clady was Jay Moore's character, Oh, but it was Wander. <laughs> yeah. nice. All right. Thank you, faulty memory. I definitely would have guessed Washington, so. Oh, okay. All right. As we move into the bonus round, the scores are currently Eric with two points, Whitney with three points, and Andrew with four points. Oh my god, what happened? I'm gonna fuck it up. There are, however, five bonus questions. What? This is unbelievable. Unprecedented, actually. Yes, that is by far the most bonus questions we've ever had for film. I'm in. Let's do the this first thing. three bonus questions. There is no stealing available. Oh. <laughs> All right. Eric, the first bonus question goes to you. How many days did filming take? Ooh. Was it 42, 65, or 73? <sighs> well, since I can't remember what the other two answers were, I'm going to say 42. <laughs> That is correct. Yeah. All right. <laughs> 42 is the answer to everything. That's right. Life, the universe, and everything. That's it. Spoiler, 42 is not the correct answer for any of the remaining questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whitney. Complete this line. It's a wander blank all the way. I'm going to need you to say the whole thing over again because you cut out too much for me to hear you. That is unfortunate. I am sorry that I keep cutting out. Complete this line. Or blank all the way. Is it scheme 
plan or caper? <gasps> oh, I would have remembered, I think, if they said caper. I'm going to say scheme. That is incorrect. Steal. Killing, as mentioned earlier, is not available. <laughs> is it caper? It's caper. It How is caper. I, <laughs> I love that word. How did I miss that? I it was under I the breath. Someone said caper. It was under the breath. I, I do remember. I was like, that feels like a weird word to use here. Mm-hmm. So wander caper all the way because <laughs> tough cops say caper. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Andrew. All right. The final confrontate. The. Uh, I can't talk. I hope that cut out. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take care of you, Charles. Thank you. In the final confrontation between, spoiler, Wander and Ludlow, how many times is the F word said, including Jaren's? Is it nine, 14, or 23? God damn it. I'm just going with nine. That is correct. Yes! All right! Wow. All right! I feel like you really picked up on my uh, guessing strategy. (laughs) Also, it's because I'm like, I focus, uh, it's like what Eric did. I focus so much on the first answer. I'm like, I've already forgotten the next two. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's the reverse. You should probably remember the most recent one. I digress. We'll take this into account when building future quizzes. Adaptable. Don't reveal your weaknesses. Adaptable. I understand. Following bonus questions, everyone will get an opportunity to answer. Loosest <gasps> answer wins the point. All right. I'm going to... You tell you, you tell me to cue the music. Go ahead and cue the music. Exigent circumstances are referenced several times in this movie. In police work, this refers to an emergency situation in which swift action is required to prevent imminent danger to life, serious destruction of property, or to forestall the imminent destruction of evidence. What is the fourth exigent circumstance? Oh no. Starting with Eric. And they say to protect the life of the officer. Knee. <sighs> I'm going to say something involving pursuit. Andrew. Um, I, I'm. Can I can I also answer what Eric answered? I f- I think it has to do with the life of the off- the responding officer as well. You can change your phrasing around from his to make it an individual answer. I will allow this. <laughs> okay. Uh to guard the safety of the responding officer's life. Correct answer is to forestall the imminent escape of a suspect. Whitney gets the point. Yeah. Whoa! Nicely done. All right. Nice. 
I didn't know we could just say something about pursuit and that would count. So. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, the reason you need someone there right now is because you have to leave the scene to chase somebody or to keep them from escaping. Mm -hmm. So, also, imminent danger to life was one of the first ones I mentioned. I, I thought the life of others, I, you know, I, uh, yeah, all right. It's like uh, the rules, the robot rules, not to others, not to, it's, all right, I understand. <laughs> Final question. Unless a tiebreaker is needed. Again, closest answer gets the point. Okay. Under gives examples of other professions who would do the things that he he did if they could. One of them is firemen. What is the other profession? Eric. Teacher. Knee. I also say teacher. Andrew. Teacher. Right. All three of you answered teacher. All three of you are correct. Yeah. Nice. I think there's still, is there still a tiebreaker though? There is no need for a tiebreaker. All right. Eric, you had three points, putting you firmly in last place. Yeah, that seems right. <laughs> Whitney, you had four points, but Andrew has five and is the winner of this pop quiz asshole. Oh, my God. For the first time in for here, I have this. Ready? It's Keanu. Yes. 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 <laughs> That's all I got you know, on the soundboard. <laughs> I kind of resent that you controlled the soundboard so yes. you get your own. Yes! Yes! <laughs> Eric, does that? seem slightly unfair. Yeah, to what if I want a sound effect when I win? Wrong answer. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <clears throat> I'm adding it to the list right now. Send me the sound effect you want played when you win. It could be fanfare, it could be uh, a Keanu sound effect. I'll pull it. And then that is how we will I'm crown you. I'm going to tell you right now, I want the Bill and Ted guitar, air guitar riff. Oh, so good. So good. Eric, you don't have to have one right now, but think about That's it. That's good, because I don't think I'm ever going to win this. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, you came, you came Believe close. in yourself. <laughs> Keanu already does. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, Keanu believes in you. Oh, my. That's very sweet. Charles, as always, thank you for bringing your professionalism and knowledge and, and gracing us with that. Thank you so much for having me. Have a, have a wonderful evening. I will. I will go back into the void until Keanu Reeves is mentioned somewhere else. Whoa, you live in a void like Janet. <laughs> I'm learning so much about you, Charles. A void is not as nice as Janet's. <laughs> Luck talking about this movie for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Ouch! It hurts. It hurts. Oh, it's pretty boy. sassy. All right. Yeah. It's funny because it's true. Yeah. yeah. Whitney, take us away. I was going to say, are we ready for that? Yeah, it's fine. Sure. <laughs> We've actually covered a lot of the story already. We probably could just leave it as is. But for the sake of thoroughness, here we go. The story begins with Keanu in bed, was seemingly reluctant to get up, getting ready for his day, 
you know, like a little vom in the toilet, brushing your teeth, putting on your gothist Ed Hardy shirt, cleaning your gun, like the huge. We find out that we are following a corrupt, racist, I guess, alcoholic Tom Ludlow, <laughs> played by Keanu Reeves. All of this is a question mark. Everything that I say is a question mark, because is <clears throat> any of it really real? Remember, he's disillusioned by the death of yeah. his wife as well. It's it's all there. It's all right there. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So he's an LAPD vice detective working for a unit known as Vice Special. And he roams the streets alone after his partner, Washington, Terry Crews, was busted down to uniform patrol. And again, I say this from inference, not from actually like hearing it said in the movie. Hmm. Um, I think it was briefly addressed, but... I just realized, you know, like he was a detective. Now he's a uniformed cop. So we see Keanu again, what, four minutes and 11 seconds into the movie. (laughs) Uh, Goes to a liquor store, buys a bunch of tiny airplane bottles of vodka. And then he goes uh, to a parking lot to meet with Korean gangsters. Who are looking to buy a machine gun from him. And who he also believes have kidnapped two teenage, or maybe not even teenage, two Korean schoolgirls. So there's like a kind of a a fight slash beat down on the part of the Koreans. And they steal his car because the machine gun is stuck in the trunk. (laughs) All of this, however, was planned because Keanu can now use the gps in the vehicle to track them to their hideout um so i guess it was always a plan for him to get a little bit beat up and have his car stolen Hmm. upon arrival at the korean gangsters hideout ludlow storms in and kills all four gangsters inside and then he alters the crime scene so that it looks like he killed them by returning fire rather than shooting first and sneaking up on them. So we see him doctoring the crime scene. And then after he (laughs) doctors the crime scene, that's when he goes to find the missing children. Um, The other officers in the unit sort of congratulate him with the maximum amount of patriarchal machismo possible. (laughs) They like almost get into a fight over it, but also they're like, hey, good job, man, or whatever. It's like a whole thing. This whole movie is just, uh, filled to the brim with unnecessary machismo. Yeah, I mean, David Ayer definitely, that's that is his thing sometimes. Yeah. It's very much time. like I'm sorry that no one ever let you have feelings. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Dave. Uh, clearly it re- did a real number on you. Anyway. So, well, everyone else is kind of like, hey, good job, or hey, I should have been in on this, you can't go rogue, this is a big score, blah, 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 whatever. Everyone's more or less positive even when they're negative, except for Terrence Washington, who is Terry Crews, who no longer approves of the corruption of the department or the deception, and he's gone straight and is going by the book. As a, quick, as a quick side note, this is like the weirdest thing. He's Terry Crews, and in this, he's playing a character named Terrence. 
a cop, a cop named Terrence. And then also in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he plays a cop named Terry, which is just yep. like, what is, what, <laughs> why are they giving him these roles or naming the characters after him? It's weird. Uh, maybe he can't respond if it's not his own name. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give the man a little more credit then. Well, I'm not saying that he can't act. I'm just saying maybe people say like Paul and he doesn't answer. But if they say Terry or Terrence, he's like, yeah, what? He's like, that's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's no comment on his skills. Sometimes you just have weird quirks. Right. He's anyway. fine. And all right. Yeah, I get it. Regardless. It is a trend. <laughs> but he's super by the book now. And that's what's most important for you to remember. We sort of later learn that he has reported the problems in the precinct to Captain James Briggs, played by Hugh Laurie, of Internal Affairs, who apparently starts an investigation against Ludlow. The first we see of Hugh Laurie, we do not know that he's Internal Affairs. He's in the hospital. Keanu's ribs are all effed up from being shot. Even though he had the bulletproof vest on, he's got like a real big gross bruise and stuff. And Hugh Laurie is on the next cot over and he's really yucking it up. And he says he's an insurance salesman. But then Keanu sees the badge and the gun as Hugh Laurie stands up. And Hugh Laurie gives him a business card that says he's internal affairs. And he's like, don't go so far. I can't pull you back, kid, or whatever. And then Hugh, Hugh Laurie was- walks away. Keanu makes out on a gurney in the ER with a very unprofessional nurse. Um, Then there's more performative male machismo with like booze and suits and a cigar club type atmosphere. And Keanu asks Forrest Whitaker about this internal affairs guy. Like, what's his deal? Do you know why he's here? Blah, blah, blah. And the other cops at the table are like, yo, your old partner is snitching on you. And Keanu's like, snitches get stitches. Mm. And that tries to fight him right there in the middle of the lounge. And the other guys are like, cool down. They hold him back. And basically just leave him to drink alone in his car in a rage. <laughs> and then he's holding a clearly very petty high school grudge against Terry Crews for calling in internal affairs in like a really broody kind of way. So he starts stalking Terry Crews, Washington, and he follows him to a convenience store where he's going to beat him up. And we know that he's going to try and beat him up because he takes his belt off and wraps it around his fist as he's walking into the convenience store. The idea of thinking that you could sneak up on Terry Crews and beat him up makes me laugh (laughs) every time I think about it. Even though he's much less intimidating in this movie physically than he is like now or in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like he is definitely not as jacked in this movie as he is in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But still, Terry Crews is not a small man, even when he's not hugely like ripped. The idea of thinking that I'm going to beat the shit out of Terry Crews is the funniest thing I think one person might be able to think. Um, but hey, think. But also on the other side of that coin, could John Wick beat up Terry Crews? Huh? Huh? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So anyway, he's in the convenience store. A punch or two is thrown. There's a little bit of a skirmish, but Ludlow is like, "Hey, there's a robbery in progress here." 
the plans go awry, gangbangers like burst into the convenience store, and Terry Crews is violently mowed down in an unexpectedly violent way. <laughs> in like a gangland hit under the pretense of a robbery. Of course, Ludlow feels bad because he may be petty about being turned into internal affairs, but that doesn't mean he wanted the guy dead. So he does what he can to try and save Terry Crews. He fails. The guy dies. And he is the one pushing for an investigation. Mm-hmm. Though he's innocent, and we saw the two were working together to fight back against the robbery in the store. They were both shooting together. They were both taking cover. They were whatever. Working together to take down these robbers. The surveillance video of the shootout is like doctored or at an angle i was not paying enough attention at this point to show (laughs) it looks like he accidentally shoots washington while trying to protect him with his 38 revolver which heavily implicates him in the murder so needless to say it does not look good for our boy keanu at this moment against the advisement of his buddies on the force and forrest whitaker his superior bloodlow keeps trying to solve the murder of this robbery and and what it really was about and he uncovers something else the dna at the scene of two criminals that they find uh they also find a large amount of cash in washington's possession the Mm -hmm. dna is from two criminals known in the system like it pulls up fremont and Coates. and ludlow teams up with detective paul disco discant i love that his nickname is disco uh (laughs) As aforementioned, uh, played by a little babyface Chris Evans, um, who's been assigned to the case to join him in his personal investigation search for these two known suspects. It is assumed because of the large amount of cash that Washington was, despite his like, I'm doing everything by the book, I won't stand for any of your corrupt shenanigans. He was actually corrupt and had been stealing drugs from the department's evidence room and selling them to Fremont and Coates. That's what it looks like now. We also learned somewhere in this sequence that Keanu's wife was murdered and the coroner washed the body, leaving no hair or fibers as evidence and refused to do a vaginal swab. So there was absolutely no proof of the wife's murder that Keanu could investigate. And then we don't really talk about it again for another 45 minutes. <laughs> the yep. search for the two robbers involves some interrogation of various, you know, uh, sort of South Central LA characters. Uh, a Latino gang member named Quicks, a Crips gang member named Grill. And I just have to add a little side note here about our intro to Grill is him watching TV and pouring King Cobra malt liquor into his Lucky Charms. <laughs> that was perfect. And I will never, like that's one of those images that gets burned into your brain is seeing him take the, the big like 40 ounce of King Cobra, King Cobra and pouring it into Lucky Charms. I dry heaved. Anyway, great shorthand for that character. You know exactly who this guy is. Just from that one, (laughs) you're like, got it. Nailed it. That is perfect. Yeah. Well, and also it's a cameo by uh, the rapper The Game. It is. Yep. That was the next thing in my notes. Oh, sorry. And actually, I think he was one of the best actors in the movie. The way that little babyface 
Chris Evans, who's like fresh out of the academy or whatever. And he's like, don't you have to ask him a question before you beat him up? And he's like, yeah, don't you have to ask me a question before you beat me up? It was pitch perfect. It was the exact right amount of like silly, but also I believed who he was, who he was. It was just really good acting. I thought that the game did a really good job as Grill. Yeah. Anyway. So after Grill, we then are led to a drug addict slash dealer named Scribble, who is Cedric the Entertainer. Um, I had a really hard time not seeing him as Cedric the Entertainer, and I don't feel like he did anything to discourage me from seeing him as Cedric the Entertainer. Um, so I had a little bit of an issue with the casting there. But Scribble eventually leads them to a house in the hills where they discover the bodies of the real Fremont and Coates, and they're buried in a shallow grave. The condition of the bodies makes it apparent that they were killed well before Washington's murder. So... Ludlow and Disco pose as dirty cops who are willing to take over Washington's supposed quote unquote activity of stealing and selling drugs so that they can set up a meeting through Winston with the two criminals who are masquerading as Fremont and Coates because Fremont and Coates are dead and have been dead. Mm. So they're like, hold on, this, you know, this is fishy. Fremont and Coates recognize Ludlow right away as the cop that was there at the convenience store robbery. Prompting Ludlow to question who Fremont and Coates really are. And in turn, Disco quickly states that he recognizes them both, that he knows them. And Disco is shot in the neck and maybe other places. The neck was the more gruesome one because he did a lot of like gurgling. (laughs) It was bad. Yeah. And so he's killed immediately. And Winston is also killed in this transaction Ludlow manages to kill everyone else in the room basically and he escapes back to his girlfriend the unprofessional nurse (laughs) goes to her house where a news report reveals that the killers were undercover LASD deputies later on down the road it stated that the two had been in deep cover for so long that they quote lost their fucking minds and had become corrupt cops but that's neither here nor there at the moment. At the moment, all we know is that she's crying when he comes in the house and she gives him a piece of her mind because she's so scared for him because the news is saying he's the one who shot these cops. Um, so now that it's very clear that it was a setup Uh, And the DNA of those two criminals was planted at the scene by some other crooked officers who were also at the scene. We end up, after a lot of other whatever that does not matter and is not important, (laughs) we end up in a shootout with the corrupt officers. Yeah. And Ludlow sort of realizes at this time that he is a pawn in a scheme masterminded by Captain Wander, Forrest Whitaker. Wander then immediately tries to bribe him to secrecy with money and also blackmail and also the manly emotions of mentorship and friendship and whatever. Um, Again, a lot of machismo. Keanu, however, is not taken in and he refuses to play along and he straight up executes Forrest Whitaker like cold as ice, staring him straight in the face. He's like, you used to be my best friend. And then he shoots him twice. There was a whole Fast and Furious friends family thing exchanged there, you know? There was. It was weird. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so after that, Captain Biggs and Sergeant Green arrive at the scene. They're actually the first responders. Keanu calls them after shooting Forrest Whitaker. And Biggs reveals to Ludlow that they used him to bring down Wander. So actually, he was also a pawn in that scheme. <laughs> so in the last 10 minutes, we found out he's been a pawn in two different schemes. Um, <laughs> and they... So they got access to files by opening his eyes to the real corruption going on within his unit and blah, blah, blah. And before he leaves, Biggs tells Ludlow that the department does need him. And then you get a really dramatic sort of lens flare, sunset, silhouette shot of Keanu for way, way, way too long. And then the movie's over. (laughs) Double pawn. Mm-hmm. The old double pawn. The old double pawn. Uh, you reading that was way more interesting than lame ass movie. I apologize to anyone that heard that and thought the movie sounded interesting and then went to go watch the movie. Please don't take my reading it to mean that any of the movie was interesting. You've heard everything you need to know. Yeah. And much more succinct also. Really. Mm-hmm. Uh... I had to go back and rewrite my notes as I was watching like three times because I was like, this is what's happening. And then I was like, nope, that's not happening at all. We never talk about that again. So like, I'll just go back and erase this part that I wrote down because we'll never talk about alcoholism again. Right. Strike through and parentheses, Mm -hmm. no payoff. Strike through, no payoff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wife, strike through, no payoff. Um. I could take a shot in the dark about this, but uh, how are we feeling about recommending this movie to other people? Yeah, I do not. <laughs> Eric? Uh, same. I don't. Can you even find it anywhere? <laughs> um, this movie was probably rightfully buried. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I get why they don't want to release this anywhere f- streaming. That's true. I That's- certainly wouldn't if it was my movie <laughs> David's like no I'm t- doing Suicide Squad put that shit away uh, I don't recommend this movie either it's it would be very difficult for me to recommend this under any circumstances really usually there's like a, a movie might have a saving grace you're like oh you can watch for X Y or Z good action or good acting or or anything and it just it's all just yeah, it's just it's not even I mean, it's not even a so bad. It's good. It's just no, that's we, so bland. When I say yeah. it's bad, don't watch it. Believe me, because my favorite movies are so bad. It's good movies. So if I'm like, this is a bad movie, don't watch it. I'm not saying it in a it's cheesy or over the top or corny or whatever kind of way, because that's my whole jam. This is just not a good movie. I think I'm looking at it right now. I think we have like a pretty outstanding track record of when we all don't recommend a film Mm -hmm. uh, of that being just a not good film. Right. This one. And then I'm just scrolling up a little bit here. Feeling Minnesota. The last time I committed suicide. Me and Will. Like, (laughs) don't watch these movies. Like, (laughs) we use our experience. Let it let us guide you. Please, please listen. 
I'm sure yeah, I'm sure most people knew up top based on our <laughs> our Harley Quinn yeah. tangents and <laughs> everything else. It was pretty clear how we felt about this movie. But if you remember in the last episode I was on, I mentioned that a few episodes of the podcast I usually just skip. Yeah. If I wasn't on this episode, I would have skipped this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Twisted his arm. Twisted his arm. I think that arm. says everything you need to know. This is a skip. <laughs> yeah. I kind of hate you guys. Hey, we, we need it. This was our hour of Listen, need. <laughs> there's been worse. This is not the bottom of the barrel. Right. So, uh, Excellent segue, Whitney. Where does this go in your uh, current Keanu ranking? This might be a little bit easier for Eric, given that the list is a touch shorter. But uh... yes, I have put this at number 31. That's below. I love you to death. I would rather watch that Kevin Klein atrocity again (laughs) than watch this again. Yeah. It's between I Love You to Death and Flying. So I would rather watch this again than that 80s gymnastics movie. Got it. I am, I'm going down even lower than you uh, at number 30, 37, which is also below I Love You to Death, which I think is consistent. But mine's actually uh, between uh, Feeling Minnesota and Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. So this was a holy... Mm-hmm. At least I laughed once or twice during Feeling Minnesota, and it had a really weird Vincent D'Onofrio performance, which mm-hmm. I could like half-heartedly maybe recommend. But mm-hmm. you know, it had something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so there it goes. Eric, do you have? <laughs> <laughs> we have the uh, spoiler uh... <laughs> alert. We're all in the same Google Doc, and we watched yeah. Eric. Type yeah, in perfect. Street Kings is the very last thing on the list for under him. Yeah. Dracula, which is I mean, right. I only have sixteen. You guys have hey. like forty or something. But yeah, this is at the very bottom of the the list. That's perfect. Hey, I get it. I get it. It, it you know comparatively, think about where we you know. I did not recommend this movie. I put it at 37 out of 43, which goes to show you <laughs> that there are movies somehow worse than this one. So, mm-hmm. and same with Whitney also, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is just crazy to think about. So, all right. That has been logged as such. I would love to know what Evan and Asia think about this film. I don't think they even, uh, I mean, we should make them watch it just for, we should just for posterity. So, Mm-hmm. All right. That's great. That's great. Uh, next week, I will be walking us through spoilers from uh, earlier. The day the earth stood still. It's mm-hmm. a little sci-fi picture here. A remake of a, I want to say 1950s, 60s movie, maybe of the same 50s. name. Yeah. Uh, have Have either of you seen this? Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think I have. Maybe we have to have Eric on next week also then. I think we might have to. (laughs) Yay. He specifically told me that he didn't want to watch Street Kings, but he did want to talk about the Daily Earthshirt still. So I was like, well, we need you for (laughs) Street Kings, but we'll bring you on again. (laughs) We need no one else wants to do this with us. Your sacrifice. So it was. It was blackmail, is what you're saying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> um, you were like, mm-mm. Uh, That's exactly you know, what I was like. I'm a huge fan of, of the original from 1951. I have a poster for it in my house. Nice. Uh, however, the 2008 remake is is very bad <laughs> something it's something <laughs> else yeah it does it does have jennifer connelly so that like it gives it, i get, give it points for that yeah oh yeah uh, of course but yeah that's that's all i'll give it points for <laughs> i i saw it in theaters uh i was I, having not uh known too much if anything about there even being an original i saw what i believed were like uh a nano machine army uh in the in the trailer for it and i was like ah, it looks like something i would enjoy and i'll save my thoughts about how that turned out for next week so mm -hmm. if if you have a moment uh i would recommend the original just for comparison's sake it's pretty good i might yeah that actually might be something i, I think can... i've seen the original it's like a giant, I remember, I seem to remember like a giant silver UFO. Am I wrong about this? Like, no, you're right. Yeah. It's, okay. it's a very 50 space age. And like a proto cyclops. Like I just, <clears throat> I remember the mask for the like robot or astronaut or whatever he is having that one big eyepiece like Geordi or Cyclops from the X-Men. Yeah. There's a, a, his sort of protector robot. It's one of the classic sci-fi robots gorgeous mm -hmm. all right all right well maybe uh maybe i will put that on our little movie sharing thing here that is totally on the up and up so you know <laughs> you know all right so that brings us to the end we did it we survived street kings mm -hmm. <laughs> uh as always we'll be back next week but until then whitney where can people find you on the internet I am at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N on Twitter. And you can find all my other podcasts there. Historical Hotties, you can look for uh, either just released or about to be released is uh, an episode we did a scramble with the whole network that I'm on there. And so other people took over my show. I'm not even on this one, but they did. They decided to do the category of rappers and it is Biggie Smalls versus Lisa Left Eye Lopez versus Whoa. Nipsey Hussle. What? So that's a very interesting episode. Wow. Um, I'm totally on board for that. Yeah. So there's no Nelson sister in it, but it's a very good topic and they picked very good people to talk about. So you can check that out. You can check out Almost Better Than Silence, which is a video game podcast that I'm on. All that stuff. Uh, just go to the Twitter. In the scramble, where did where did the Nelson sisters end up? Did you like host another th or guest on another thing? Um, I did not. Uh, due to my own shortcomings as a person, I completely forgot the recording time and was replaced <laughs> by somebody else. Uh, Lindsay was in several, I believe. Oh, okay. Cool. So, yeah, we're we're all over the place. I don't even have the full spreadsheet in front of me right now of like where else you can find us, but I'm going to be sharing that on the Historical Hotties Twitter, which is at Historically Hot. Perfect. Eric, where are you on the interwebs? <clears throat> uh, well, I don't have my own podcast, but I am available to guest on 
anyone else's podcast if they'd like to have me. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Sell yourself on your own time, mister. Hey, yeah, yo, whoa, whoa, wait. Uh, but I'm available on Twitter and Instagram and pretty much everywhere as Platypus Jones. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, before I do the whole self-promotion thing, I just want to call out friend of the show, uh, Dan, at Dantendo64, I believe has recently launched their podcast called Concept, where they... Mm-hmm listen to and walk you through like a concept album, which is like a great, uh, I just, I love that as an idea. And uh, I think the episode, I downloaded the first episode, I started listening, They it seems bite-sized, like 20, 25 minutes, something like that. Definitely check that out. You'll remember Dan from our episode with Sweet November, right, Whitney? That was when Dan mm. hopped in, I think? Yes, I believe it was. Yeah. So definitely check out at Dantendo64 on Twitter. And I believe the uh, podcast is at Concept Podcast. So uh, give that a subscribe because Dan is awesome. uh, What album does he start with? Is it R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet? (laughs) I I think this... (laughs) I remember when they were on... I did not listen to enough of this first one, which was just kind of setting up the the conceit of it. But I seem to recall it being some classic rock related. So you might be thinking about like Rush or King Crimson or some of that kind of stuff, which I'm all about that sort of thing. (laughs) So very much looking forward to it. So Nintendo, if you hear me, uh, I'm available for R. Kelly. (laughs) What did we just say? Oh, right. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's great. That would be a great team up, actually. That would be really, really cool. That would be a good team up. All right. Uh, I'll keep it short. You can find me on the internet at Dark Driving, Twitter, Instagram, do that. Uh, the primary storyline over on YouTube. That's where I teach video stuff. Uh, go there, check that out, learn uh, a new skill. So uh, that's all I have. That brings us to the end. So, Whitney, Eric, thank you both. And listening audience, thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes.